0: Hi, everybody. This is Farhan Lalji from TSN. Please listen to my friends at Pro Sports Podcasters. They do a great job. They're a lot of fun to be around. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind.
1: It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to wait with you. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing
2: the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered.
0: Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Today I've got the funny man with me, Justin the Joker Williams. Justin, how you doing? Oh, I love that intro. I'm doing really well in yourself. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm recovering from the Achilles tendon injury, and it's going to be a slow, painful process, but eventually I'll get back to it. I know you're out in the west of Canada today. How's it out there?
2: You know, today is actually beautiful in Saskatchewan. It's 26 degrees. Like, There's basically no humidity here because it's landlocked. Uh, We had a little bit of rain, but honestly, no traffic. It's amazing. I love it out here.
0: Yeah, that doesn't happen too often out there. They'll probably make it a national holiday. So enjoy it while you got (laughs) it. (laughs) But today we're going to talk about maybe some of our national sports. We'll see. But both Justin and I have selected our three favorite sports to watch. Okay. So this, this is a very specific thing because here on the Pro Sports Podcasters, I'm sure all of you know, we cover practically everything. But there are certain sports that we ourselves enjoy more as a fan than just as an analyst and we're going to begin with instead of going one by one how about you give me all three i'll tell you all three and then we'll we'll get a little bit deeper into them
2: perfect sounds good to me all right so my first one canada's national pastime uh that'd be hockey that's uh my first one right there okay i can give you the reasons after but i'll just kind of tell you everything so first we have hockey then we have because you know you mean i used to be in a combat sport just combat sports in general I i couldn't decide if i like boxing or mma more or like karate combat or Muay Thai, just all of it for the same reasons. Okay. And my last but not least is the Canadian Football League. So I love the CFL watching football.
0: Okay. That's a, That's an awesome one. So very Canadian-centric there. I got to go with That's a very, very Canadian-centric list. <laughs> uh, we do share the combat sports. Like we do share that as a, a passion. I'm a big fan of mixed martial arts and I love Muay Thai and such. So that that's one for me. I am not a big fan of the CFL, but I am a big fan of the NFL. So it's pretty close. Okay, it's pretty close. Yep. It's, again, it's the football, or American football or Canadian football, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But that version, definitely a fan of. Mm-hmm. And then the last one for me is golf, which you know it's a little more niche. Not everybody's into that, but there are some specific reasons why. I am a big fan of golf, but let's start with what we both agree on. That's the combat sports, and what is it about the combat sports that gets you to tune in?
2: Oh my god! So I've listed three reasons. Do you want all three, or do you want me just to? I'll uh, oh, give me give all three, one? then
0: I'll come back with, with mine.
2: All right. So I like the raw athleticism and technical skill behind this, right? Okay. So, like combat sports in itself, it doesn't matter what it is, it it can showcase like the pinnacle of human like athleticism and technical proficiency and fighters undergo rigorous training to develop their physical attributes as we all know um and then the unpredictability and the drama behind it if you want to include wwe yes that's scripted however it is kind of cool to see in mma and muay thai and whatever it is when something happens that's not supposed to major upsets we've seen that in boxing we've seen that in mma we've seen it actually in wrestling when a wrestler sustains a legitimate injury during a match it's it's all over the place. And my last my last one, this, this one is personal stories and rivalries. No one does it better than the UFC and WWE, which I mean conveniently they're merging. So yeah, same couple about that. <laughs> now yeah, exactly, right? But like with like Adesanya's story with Alex Pereira, and everything from uh, Henry Cejudo and Aljamain Sterling, just, oh, that's just recent stories. I'm sure there's been stuff going on with George St. Pierre since, since back in the day that I'm not privy to because I wasn't around to watch it back then, or at least I wasn't paying attention. But uh, yeah, those are my, my top three for combat sports.
0: I, I find it interesting that you included WWE, but that's a legitimate inclusion. I, I kind of like that you've added it because it really is a martial art. It really is. It, it to, to do what yes. they do requires a lot of practice, a lot of training. You've got to become a master realistically mm-hmm. and a number of those skills before you could even attempt them in the ring, regardless of it being staged or not, because if you do it incorrectly, you're going to seriously injure yourself or someone else. So I like and that you included exactly that. How. Yeah. And I also love that you included the drama side of things because I hadn't even, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that, that, but that's a legitimate thing. That's 100% legitimate. I mean, Being Canadian, of course, George St. Pierre is probably my all-time favorite mixed martial artist. And he is the GOAT. I mean, most people would agree with me, including the majority of top-level analysts, including someone like Chil Sonnen. He's the GOAT. But he wouldn't have been as big a draw as he was if it wasn't for the rivalries he had with like a Josh Koscheck or or a Nick Diaz. It wouldn't have been the same. So having that drama element, which is something – you don't really have in a lot of sports. You really don't. You can have rivalries. Wow. I mean, thinking about another one of the sports you had mentioned, you, you brought up hockey, of course, just being Canada. And, you know, you have like the rivalry between the Toronto Maple and the Montreal Canadiens, right? They have a tongue. But that's just a Maybe. rivalry that yeah. goes back many, many years. And it's more about city versus city than it is. It doesn't really contain real drama. The drama is created by the fans, not so much by the teams. You are correct. Yes. So having that in the fighting sports is, is awesome. Yeah. It's an additional element that you don't get anywhere else. And that's definitely one of the things that I understand why it gets you tuned in. For me, the big reasons why I love mixed martial arts is one, I do agree with you, the amount of skill and just the confidence that's required, you know, the guts it takes to step into the cage and face somebody mono mono it's it's crazy right like it's it's a different level of of guts that's required there so that i have full respect for another thing i love about mixed martial arts or the combat sports in general is this is one of the things that that keeps me away from certain sports that i actually love so there are sports like baseball and Basketball, and I'm a I'm a fan of, but I don't really tune in all that often. I don't pay that close attention to it, except you know when we're going to be interviewing somebody collect you know, connected to those particular sports, mm-hmm. or when there's something impressive happening like the the playoffs. But for the most part, I've lost a lot of interest in those sports because the the importance of each individual game or match is diminished because there are so many. Of course. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about the combat sports is because when you're looking at professional combat sports, every time you step into the cage or the ring or the, on the mat, whatever it may be, you need to try and come away with a positive result. You can't take a day off. And I love that about it. And that, that gets me tuned in every week when there's, you know, major events happening. So that's what really gets me coming back. And that's, probably the biggest thing for me of course and then you know i've i've traded mixed martial arts so of you so there's the connection to that as well and, and that's what gets me going All right now i'm going to give you my other two before we get into okay. why and i'm going to start off with one that's similar to yours again so we'll go with we'll go with um, american style football or north american Football? How about that? <laughs> okay. Well, Canada's in North yeah, America, bro. Yeah, North American football. So, like I had mentioned with mixed martial arts, a big thing for me is the fact that every game matters. Yes. Right. These aren't massively long seasons. There aren't mm-hmm. a ridiculous number of games. And one less preseason too. Yeah, it's it's not a sport where, you know, like. There are a lot of sports where you could lose five games in a row and it doesn't matter. Nobody baseball. cares. Yeah, baseball is a great example. You lose five games in a row, whatever. It's a little bit of a slump. It's okay. There's another 50 games to go still, so don't even worry about it. You you, you lose five games in a row in the <laughs> CFL or the NFL and you're like, oh my God, this season's over.
2: basically like like you're hunting for a wild card hopefully
0: yeah exactly i mean we could just just scrape it together and get lucky and and, and claw our way into the playoffs but you can't lose those games and it doesn't matter if you're playing against superior teams you have to try and find a way to win in those particular games and i love that about it i absolutely love that about it you could be a fan of one of the worst teams in the league but You know, every week they're coming out, they're going to try and find a way to win. Regardless of how outmatched they may be, they've got to try and figure out something. And even the smallest improvement is noticed. And that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. in those those other leagues that have ridiculous numbers of games. Of course, I love the just the raw power in the NFL, right? We're talking about the most freakish athletes in the world going against each other and borderline killing each other (laughs) on the field (laughs) in order to outplay their opponent it's just no other sport has that level of freakish athletes in in such a like massive quantity really how about you in the cfl well
2: i was going to say to kind of comment on that is what i like is okay is the offensive and high scoring prowess that's one of the things i have but i should have also added defensive prowess to that too because football is the only sport i can think of where you have different sets of teams you have your offense team you have your defense team yeah so you could literally at one time watch the best defensive team go against the best offensive team and you're like let's fucking go what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object something has to give and it's it Sometimes we've seen defense win. Sometimes we've seen offense win. It doesn't matter. It's a good time. However, very rarely are those teams also great offensively and then the other one's also great defensively. It's more or less one or the other's got it. Mind you, we've seen a dynasty team where it works back and forth that way, like the England Patriots, for instance, mm-hmm. or if you want to talk about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL in recent years. We've seen that where they've had both. But typically, that's hard to find consecutively, consistently. Maybe a game or two, but either way. I love watching it when it's one powerhouse versus the other. Another thing I like about the CFL, kind of going back to uh, the NFL comparison, is the unique rules and style of play, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so the game of football, for those of you who don't know, I actually wrote this down so our American fans can grab this. The CFL has several distinct rules and differences compared to our American counterpart, the NFL. And I guess XFL, if you want to throw this in now, I guess. Uh, we have a larger field size. We have the presence of 12 players per side. And we have a rule called the Rouge, which is just my absolute fucking favorite rule. And nobody gets it unless you're a <laughs> CFL player. And if you use it well, you can win. And you know, and and our balls are longer. So just just to you know, kind of add everything to you, we have uh, and we have less downs. So we have less downs, a longer like a bigger ball, and a longer field. Arguably, sounds tougher on paper. However, people for some reason still think NFL is better. And I get it. I get it. A bunch of roided up freaks who take on our TRT and stuff. <laughs> Here we but that's go. okay. <laughs> That's okay. I'm just saying, there's no. You saw <laughs> testing pool over in the NFL, and if they get busted, it's like a three-game suspension. No, oh, no, no. They get they get more than
0: that. They get more than that. Uh, but I, I will I say the biggest the biggest difference between the CFL and the NFL, honestly, is the number of downs. It's the three-down system versus the four-down system in the NFL, and that does right. make for some very offensive football. It's it's actually kind of funny to it's actually kind of funny to a certain extent because the NFL has implemented a number of rules over the last twenty years to Mm -hmm. make the game a little more offensive, okay? To increase the scores, to to have more passing in the game, and over the last twenty years they've been doing this. And realistically, if you've been Mm -hmm. watching the CFL, it's been that style of game forever. Mm-hmm. because of the one less down right because of the one less down that's just the way it is so it's almost like the nfl is finding an artificial way to be a little more like the cfl yeah it's a weird sort of way it's a little more like the cfl the only negative to the cfl because i'm I honestly i don't have anything against the cfl it's just unfortunately the the, the salaries right the money isn't there and because right. the money isn't there the players aren't there and it, football really relies on having quality players at every position to give you its best possible game, right? So that's where the CFL lacks for me. As as someone who's watched the NFL and the CFL for a long time, it was eventually I, you know, I just stopped watching the CFL, and it wasn't because I didn't like the product. It's because the level of play is just it's it's significantly lower than what you get the NFL. And the
2: thing is, too, with NFL players, unfortunately, it very well—I guess football players in general—it's very much a short-lived career. Like, I think the average football player is around eight years, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Oh no, it's it's way it's way lower than that.
2: Way lower? Okay. Way lower. Like Five the the out. average
0: the average football NFL player is like three years. Three years. Is that low? Shit, it's that low. Geek. Yeah. That's that's the average. Now, of course, you have like the stars that go significantly longer but I mean, it's it's rare that you're going to have a player go a decade. Very rare.
2: Mm, Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, But to kind of loop all this back together, Kobe, you had mentioned about the passion. Now, the thing is in, in Toronto, where we're from, there is no passion for the Argos. There are fans, don't get me wrong. And there's a little bit of like spark and hype when they do moderately well, but the Argos won last year and I, I don't know if I could ask a like hundred people on the streets of Toronto. <laughs> a lot of them would know. Lucky. That's right. <laughs> I'd be lucky if thirty percent were like, yeah, they won <laughs> last year, wasn't it? Maybe, was it two years ago? No, no, it was like whatever. Even if you say they won in the last five years, I'll give it to you. Yeah, it's like yeah, you did well. You heard about it, right? So with the Great Cup also being, I think it's the oldest championship in sports or North American sport, anyways. It's uh, it's kind of cool that Toronto got to bring that back home. But where I am right now, currently in Saskatchewan. My dude, my guy, my G. The passion out here for the Rough Riders is next level. They had a losing season last year and they had more people at their home game against the Edmonton Elks than than Toronto has in like five years combined. Like it was so passionate, even though they lost still to the Elks, which is saying something because the Elks were just abysmal. But it was just, it was so cool to walk into this mosaic stadium surrounded by like 30,000 people, 20,000 people, just chanting Rough Riders nonsense at each other and it was amazing and I'm a little sad they're doing a home game this Saturday May 27th against BC and I can't attend because somebody is getting married and I'm very sad about it
0: (laughs) now I okay I'll agree with you there I honestly think I probably would have been more of a CFL fan if I lived in more of a CFL market right I'm I'm pretty sure that would have been the difference for me Sign up to SoRare, the ultimate fantasy sports NFT platform. Create teams with cards from your collection and earn points based on your players' real-life performances to compete in a variety of fantasy sports competitions. Showcase your skills and go head-to-head with managers from around the world to rise up the weekly rankings and earn rewards.
1: SoRare is a game that you can play this season, and the next, and the next, and the next. It's almost like a dynasty spin on fantasy available in formats such as NBA, MLB, and also football, the world game. So what are you waiting for? You just sign up, create an account, and then you can start playing. And if you want to go a little bit harder and purchase some limited, rare, or unique cards, you can do that too. But at a base level, this is really just a free, fun way to play with your mates and show who's really in the know when it comes to sports. Because ProSource Podcast we know our thing. But SoRare is a chance to go off against us, and so he really is the smartest in the room. So hit the link in the show notes, and we'll see you on so Rare. Own your game.
0: Have you been to a Saskatchewan game?
1: Yeah, I saw the Elks last year.
0: Okay, and how much was a ticket?
2: Oh, it was... We, we played for, like, middle row. I want to say it was around 60 bucks
0: a person, maybe. Okay, so not bad. Not bad at all.
2: Well, let's keep in mind, Regina is basically the only attraction aside from the, um, their CHL team.
0: Yeah, no, no. I, I Trust me. I get it. I understand. I mean, if you compare it to Argos tickets, Argos tickets are dirt cheap, but that's because oh no, God, nobody goes, right? Nobody goes. Mm-hmm. So I would expect that the tickets to be more out there. But even still, if you're in this, like, second tier and you're paying 60 bucks, that's not bad at all.
2: No, exactly. I'm going to pull up like today's prices against their BC line. Now this is preseason, right? So don't take this to heart, but so the most you're going to spend preseason sitting front row is $124.
0: That's front row. (laughs) That's front row. So so you're, you're, you're touching the players. (laughs) 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 Legit. you're,
2: You're like talking to the water boy.
0: Yeah. Compare that to a, uh, a Maple Leafs ticket,
2: right? We're not going to
0: do that. No, that's, there's no comparison. How dare you, Kobe. Right? It's, it's crazy. I mean, you can't, but, no. Yeah, right? So uh, that's, that's one of those things where I, I get it. Okay. Okay, let's, let's, let's go on to your third one.
2: Sorry, just to kind of like double down real quick on this market. Their yep. Labor Day game, which is essentially like the biggest thing, like I'm looking at it right now, and tickets are more than half sold right now. I'd say about three quarters sold. The highest you're going to pay is $120. Wow.
0: Oh. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. For like their, like, know. Like their biggest game, right? <laughs> it also says something that over 50% of the tickets are sold. That's a good thing. That's it. Yeah.
2: It's, oh my God. Like I love coming to sports here. Like they just, Regina's slept on and they need more sports in the city. They really do. And I'll be the one to bring it. Hashtag pro sports podcasters. Anyways, uh, the last thing, my last one is Hi. hockey. <laughs> <laughs> good old maple leafs and i love it because you know like anything i love fast-paced action and that's really what hockey is also the element of danger with their blades and their feet and like cutting throats every once in a while But it's high speed there's a lot of skill and strategy involved
0: i love how, you, I love how you add that after cutting throats <laughs> yeah. you know cutting throats but there's some skill and strategy involved <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there is, there is. Have you seen Jesus come by and like dirty dangle four players at one time? It's magical. That's, where, that's how babies get born. And then the last one is I love, as we talked about kind of briefly earlier, the emotional intensity and rivalries for hockey teams. It, I think the closest thing we can compare it to is English football for certain things. When it comes to, like Manchester United versus Man City or Arsenal, whatever it may be okay. in the Premier League, we have, we have that kind of sort of, Depending on your fan base, here in Toronto and just all across the NHL, like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia hate each other, and I love it. Absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd say yeah. Part of that I think is outside of the you know a couple of teams you mentioned there, but part of that is the Canadian thing, right? Hockey is such a part of Canada. I mean, it's just a huge part of Canada. So when you have a team that you support, you get a little fanatical about it. Oh, I'm not yes. a big fan of hockey. You know, I mean, I always found. Like, Sports on ice, a little sloppy. Again, long season. That bothers me. Yeah, <laughs> Right? <laughs> but growing up in Toronto, it's practically impossible not to be aware of what's going on with the Bay Leafs because it's such a yes. hockey market. So I'm always aware of what's going on because that's number one here. And you get that in a number of the Canadian cities. Like you said, the odd American city. But I, I think that that fanatical you know, like attachment to to a team in the states it's more about football right i think football is, yeah. is where they get that that sort of fanatical attachments but here in canada 100 it's it's hockey so i get the attachment there but yeah it's again it's i don't know you have that you can have those slumps and it just doesn't matter it gets to me
2: it i gets mean for the me. most part <laughs>
0: depends
2: if you play in the toronto market where like our third line offense is Puck winning percentage in the faceoff is only thirteen percent. We
0: can't have that. <laughs> that's right. No other market gives a fuck. <laughs> that's right. They give a shit about it, <laughs> right? Like you got to be excellent everywhere. <laughs> but no, but still,
2: that's it's a good. We scored a hat trick. It's a good thing. No, it right? is. And like, but I, I believe there is like overanalyzing, and I feel like in some markets, even for football, I imagine there is probably some over- overanalyzing. Maybe in Boston when they're. Championship happy over there. I
0: don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Right. And then, of course, and getting into the final one for me, it's golf. Right. And part of it is I took up golf and I'm passionate about it. Right. I understand how difficult it is. So I love golf, the game in general. But when it comes to being a fan of golf, this is one where, you know, people ask, you know, like what, we got a choice of sports to watch. What are you watching this weekend? If it happens to be like a major weekend. Quite often, that's what I'm watching. They're like, what? <laughs> You're like, so but, the, what? but the NBA playoffs are on. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll be watching golf. <laughs> right. They're like, how, how can you pick golf over the NBA playoffs? Like, like golf is so boring. Let's see. People have the wrong idea about what goes into winning a golf tournament and how important it is to win a golf tournament. I think what gets missed is outside of F1. The professional golf tours, when I'm talking about professional golf course, I'm really zooming in on the PGA and the LPGA are two of the right. most difficult professional sports to be on. And mm-hmm. like getting that? on them doesn't guarantee that you're going to be on them the next year, right? A lot of people qualify for the PGA or the LPGA. They get to play one year and then they don't find themselves high enough in the ranking or have put together enough like points or one an event to qualify for the next season. And then they're forced to requalify again. And that is something that's almost unique to golf.
2: Which I like so much about that. It's like, cool. You did well, but can you do it again?
0: Yeah. Right. And you know, you're talking about a limited number. Like it's, you know, so let's say there's 150 people that's on the tour that are going to be able to qualify for the next year, but there's, you know, 450 people end up playing in assorted tournaments you get on and you're thinking right on I'm on the tour but then it, you quickly realize oh shit <laughs> I, I need to really compete I'm on the tour yeah I need to really compete to to stay on the tour right to to remain on the tour and that's such a big thing to me right that's such a huge thing and I, I can remember when I first got into watching golf Some of the players, I you know, immediately you start to like certain players because of their play style or something unique about them. And some of my favorite players who have achieved a lot in the sport found themselves on the cut line toward the end of the season. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like Kesnecer is not going to qualify for next year unless he finishes in the top ten of his last event. You know, it's it's just crazy. You feel like this guy's like this guy's a star, right? He's won huge events, but. He just didn't do well enough in the last couple of years that he's going to find himself having to requalify. It's crazy. And again, like, like I mentioned with the other two sports I'm a fan of, the average PGA or LPGA golfer is only playing around 20 events a year, 20 mm-hmm. events. And it's not okay. against, you know, individual versus individual. It's, you know, you go to a tournament and there's 150 of you in it. So it's you versus 149 people, <laughs> right? To try and win one. It's crazy. It's so difficult. And that's, it's, that's what I respect about it. And that's what, that's what keeps me tuned in every, every single week.
2: I really love that aspect too. I also kind of like how you can be in a foursome. So it's like, you're literally shacked up, not as a team, but you can watch your opponent, one of your opponent, well, three of your opponents right there in front of you. And you're like, I wonder if I blow in his ear. (laughs)
0: yeah that's you know what that's something that you don't you don't get to see much in golf and you you wonder a bit about because they started they just only started the last few years to kind of like mic up the occasional player Mm -hmm. because a lot of them don't want to be mic'd right they're like you know i want to they kind of want to feel isolated even though they're with other people they want to feel isolated and just focus on their own thing but the occasional player you know has the attitude we're like yeah you can mic me up it's cool So, you get to hear them, you know, talk with their caddy and, you know, maybe say something to one of the people they're playing against that's in their group. You don't get to hear too much in the way of sort of gamesmanship going on. There is a little bit that you can pick up on, but I think it's something that will grow into golf as the fan base increases and as a younger fan base gets into it. You're going to start seeing a little more gamesmanship between golfers, I think. Right now, it's an etiquette thing. It's almost like, you know, you're not supposed to do that, but it's starting to change. Mm
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you saw the Bryce and DeChambeau, right? Oh, yeah, causing a lot of uh, a couple of years ago, just coming out jacked and almost on roids, but not actually, and then just talking mad poop to Bruce Kepka.
0: Shem- now, now the you know the, the whole like you got to play to stay thing, I love about it, right? Mm-hmm. But that's something that one of the sports neither of us listed, but we're both fans of when it comes to soccer, like the world game, the relegation system. I love. I love that so much. I, I love it. I wish things like hockey had it. I would love hockey to have the relegation system because hockey is one of the leagues here that could actually do it because we have so many sort of semi pro level leagues. That'd be like imagine, imagine the Marlies get promoted to the NHL mm-hmm. and you've got two teams in Toronto. <laughs> Ima- imagine how crazy that would be. You'd have like Marley's fans being like, "Move over, to Leafs, we're coming."
2: Like, but it's of the same team, essentially. Oh my god, it'd amazing, that right? so <laughs> it
0: would be amazing.
2: It make me so happy.
0: It would be amazing. I wish North American sports had that in it. I really do.
1: We have a very so different system of development,
0: right? We have a completely different system of development oh. to to Europe and you know the rest of the world when it comes to that. But I I love the relegation system in football. I, there's so many sports I wish it had it. It gives a reason
2: to not essentially bail out and kind of flop and try to get the number one draft pick.
0: Yes. Yes. Right. You, you you no longer have that. You no longer have the, oh, we'll just cruise the rest of the season. We'll try and get a high draft pick and we'll start from scratch next year. It's like, oh shit, we're in the bottom two. <laughs> <coughs> we, we need to do something I- quick. Like you'd have teams at trade deadlines <laughs> that suck that were are actually trying to trade for good players. That's it. Yeah. Right. It wouldn't be this whole, like, oh, we suck. So we'll, we'll just get rid of our best guy to one of the teams in contention. And, and that'll make it harder for us to win. No, it'd be like, we suck. I wonder who's available, (laughs) right? (laughs) To save (laughs) us from relegation. (laughs) Oh, guy. It just, the dynamic would be completely changed. I think if some of the sports, one of these fringe sports, if one of these fringe Mm -hmm. sports in North America adopted that system, it would quickly go from being a fringe sport to being a sport that a lot of people tune into.
2: Just to kind of ride this horse a little longer, let's assume the relegation system exists. I'm going to say the bottom two teams get relegated. Okay. Do you think the top two teams from the division underneath who come up now to, let's say, the Premier Football League, just whatever, the Premier League, if you will, do you think that with those two, they should keep the lotto draft system still But make it so it's like, oh, the new people have like a let's say fifty percent chance between the two of them, and the bottom two of the ones who survived the previous season get the other fifty.
0: That would be perfect.
2: Like there's a yeah, so like a quarter amongst the bottom four.
0: Yeah, I I fully agree with that idea. That's a perfect idea.
2: Because how awesome would it like? Also, be a bit of a kick in the nards if like, let's say you finish third last. You're like, okay, okay, we survive relegation. (laughs) These two new teams come up. We're gonna get okay. We're we're gonna get one mediana. <laughs> but yeah, well, some but team like you never
0: actually- heard of some team you're like, what? Son of a bitch. <laughs> right? No, seriously. So whatever, gotta- It'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. Six, I think that'd be great. <laughs> and imagine imagine being a fan of one of those teams that moved up and got that lottery pick. Oh my God. Right? Like you're a fan of this team that's small market or relatively small market in comparison. You've got a couple of players on the team that, you know, you're you're a big fan of. You thought one of these days they're gonna they're gonna get there. And then they get there and they win the lottery <laughs> and they land a player that they have no right to in the previous, yep. you know, non relegation system. That just yeah. takes them to the next level. Guy would be awesome. There's there's so many levels to it, right? And I think I think North America is kind of ready for it now because of the whole uh, Ryan Reynolds-Wrexham thing.
2: You are correct, yeah.
0: Right? Because they now have an idea of how this works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when the two of them purchased Wrexham, and Wrexham was kind of like, it just needed a little bit to kind of get over that hump to to advance. Yeah. They saw that. They made the investment. They also like the history of the team. Mm-hmm. Now in their second season, they've they've moved up. Yeah. They've moved up, so they, they achieved their goal. And I think if we had the relegation system here, you would have investors look at some of these small market teams and be like, oh, shit, they, they don't need much.
1: No, nope. you know, like I I can't,
0: I can't buy the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I can buy this little team and help them get over the yeah. hump. And, and then think of the return, right? If, if you could take a team from, let's say, the AHL and bump them to the NHL, imagine the return of, on investment.
2: Too much,
0: ridiculous, man, ridiculous. So I think it would, it would just elevate that sport even to an even greater height than it's at. And we're talking about you know one of the biggest professional sports leagues in the world. Mm-hmm. Guy, someone's, <sighs> someone's got to do it, man. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it.
2: <laughs> Tell you what, Kobe, When we sign a multi uh, multi million dollar sportscast contract with Spotify, we'll do it. We'll pick a small market team. We'll just have fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Spotify, listen <laughs> up, buddy. <laughs> listen up. Help us help the community for sure. Like, I think it'd just be crazy. I think even with like, let's let's say
2: we take something like, even if it's not ready yet, but they stick with the CPL, like just soccer. Yeah, and
0: soccer because I mean that's that's a natural one to do.
2: Natural. It'd be the first to start. Listen, we're doing it in Canada. All right, we're just mirroring. We're easing just the tip, just the tip in. It's fine. Let's say we do that. I would love to invest in, in, a, in a team in the middle of like bumfuck nowhere. Correct. Right. No salary cap. And essentially, Ryan Reynolds and the other dude—they just bought really good players. And I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. And development, of course. And do this. Let, let's pick like a tiny town in like northern Ontario, northern Saskatchewan, where teams don't want to travel to. They're like, fuck. We get there.
0: <laughs> get the home field advantage.
2: Eddie. We get the home field advantage <laughs> and are tired. And we have like good players who are like in their like mid to late 30s, wherever it is. Point is, and then like, we have like a whole thing, just culture behind it. And you know what? We'll even be like good activists. We're like, listen, this is on indigenous ground. So we're actually going to put in water for the communities that our government has failed to do. But we as pro sports podcasters can give back as well. And it's like, Oh, cool. So now the soccer team also like generates good living, healthy, yeah, and it's like, oh, awesome. We should probably let them win and get promoted now. We're like, We'll win off sympathy and skill. Sympathy.
0: <laughs> no, seriously, man. I'd say I think any of the uh, North American sports, if they had relegation, I think it would just be next level, just next level.
2: I agree. I agree.
0: Well, there you go. My favorite three sports as a fan, Justin's favorite three sports as a fan. Let us know what you're a fan of. Reach out to us, whether it be on one of our social medias, the website, or join the Discord. I'll leave a link in the show notes of this particular episode so you can continue the conversation with us. Till next time, good to have you, aboard. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com.
1: On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel,
0: and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our Insider Tips, Sponsor Giveaways, and Insider Newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience,
1: where no sport is left behind.